There was once a ship called the Ark of Humanity, where the last known remnants of Earth's people were instructed in the history of human civilization. Confined and categorized, none could leave. But one made a daring escape. Cut loose from all she knew, with a holographic student as her only companion, she crash-landed on a nearby planet. The planet of the Zarak. Now as a new lifeform, the half-human, half-Zarak survivor meets an organization of galactic species and accepts the job of continuing to teach about humanity. This time, not to other humans, but to aliens from every corner of the galaxy. Seminar, Episode 110, Larceny and Grief. Are you sure you can do this, Grill? Relax, Lemon. It's the same kind of block as in Juvie Cooldown. I got this. You took care of the surveillance, right? That's right. All of the cameras and surveillance equipment have been turned off. Wait, you were incarcerated as a child? I wasn't being cute enough. Serious defense. Got it! See? Easy as spit. I agree. It's also confusing. Oh, look! There he is! Wow. I think I know what about half of these things are. As I figured, they took him apart. You got the bag. It's one of my travel bags. Yeah. Looks like everything will fit. So, what are they doing to him? The documents that I hacked into said that he was a danger to the university's computer system. They're looking for whatever makes him sentient so they can remove it. Harsh. Can we just unplug him then? I think so. Actually, I'm not really sure. Well, we've come this far. Story. Located. Check out morality. Playing? No. Shit! Turn it off! I wish I knew how! Of course I'd find the cart with the garbage wheel. Aren't these carts new? Brand new. But that's the trouble with four wheels. If our shopping carts were three-wheeled, they'd all be firmly on the floor. They'd be cheaper to make, too. Then why don't they do it? Inertia, mostly. I don't even know why we're at the Fresh Cow. You don't have any money, Sam. Hell. I don't have any money to give you out of pity. <laughs> Ye a little faith, Terry. And you're wrong. I, I do have money. <laughs> I have, uh, I, uh... Let me check my phone here. <laughs> I have tens of dollars. <laughs> tens, Terry. <laughs> wow. Scrooge McDuck over here. <laughs> that fool's a paper tiger. My money's actually real. Or at least as real as our money can be. Do you know how that actually happened? Are you really asking an art history major to explain fiat currency to you? That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Forget I asked. It doesn't matter. And here we are. Okay. The salad bar? It's like ten bucks a pound, big spender. 
Sure, sure, yeah. Here's your box. Fill her up. Uh, okay. So I just kind of put whatever in here? You've never been to a salad bar? Sam, I don't know what you're doing, and this shit is definitely more expensive than... Keep your voice down. They make the workers narcs around here. But, but also, yes. Just do the thing. It's the law of unintended consequences. Freshco wants to eventually never have to pay daily labor. Oh, so you're talking about automation. Right. They want to cut out people. And they spend millions on research and development. Self-checkout got popular, but it still didn't do the job. They realized that their opportunity was with the shopping cart itself. They put a scale on it so it can weigh produce, a, a touchscreen to input search data, cameras around the edge with recognition algorithms that can tell you're putting in a bag of Doritos instead of a, a bag of Fritos. But not a cart that actually rolls smoothly? <sighs> that would require actual innovative thinking. They could actually put in some work to engineer a better cart with fewer wheels that'd be cheaper and more efficient to mass produce. Then why don't they? Be because no one at any of the Silicon Valley parties they go to will be impressed that they made a three-wheel cart. Sam, I get that we're up against the tech bros, but that can't be why. We're talking about billions of dollars floating around. And for what? Ego? Terran, every single high-tech mass transportation can be put out of business if we just built more trains. <sighs> so they put cameras in the cart instead of making the cart roll nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the cameras don't know how to handle oranges, right? Let's say I put in two oranges and you put in four. The camera sees two wildly different images. The AI processes them as separate entities, completely different items. You have to tell it that you're putting in oranges, and then it weighs it. Yeah, but how is that any different from what a checkout clerk actually does? It's not. <laughs> not really. A human has to give the system enough data to know that it should weigh the item and then it automatically pulls out a price based on the data you give it. Okay. Have you figured it out yet? No. So, we've got our salads. What do these boxes look like? Uh, like brown boxes? They look like nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so, they'll also look like nothing to the cart cameras. I put them down in the cart, like so. And now it wants to know what the hell I just put in there. Oh, okay, so you type in that it's from the salad bar. Why would I do that? Because that's what it is, Sam. We know that, but it can't possibly. It'll believe whatever I tell it, because it's not a checkout clerk. It's not a true AI. It can't and won't doubt what I tell it. So I ask you, what do you see in the cart? Sam, you can't do that. 
I sure can. Just input the code for garlic here, and look, <laughs> a whole ass meal for $4.68. What if I put just one extra piece of lettuce? Just one penny more. You'll never get it right. Trust me, I almost got caught trying that. Okay, but isn't there some sort of review system? Someone looking at the photos of the carts are taking? That's the thing, there isn't. Every business accepts a certain percentage of breakage. Ask any game store employee, they'll tell you loss prevention is a joke. But this hurts workers, Sam. The guys up top never feel it, but the folks working around here do. Also, this is just run-of-the-mill stealing. Society's pretty much in agreement on that. Okay, two things about that. Hey, Sam, shouldn't we get out of here? Later, later, two things. One, shoplifting does not hurt employees. Wage theft hurts employees. Right, and shoplifting means there's less money for the company to pay their employees. Except average wages haven't significantly changed in 40 years. And these companies that pay them are growing perfectly fine. So they're screwing over workers, sure. But that doesn't give us the right to do it. Uh, what you're hearing is propaganda. When people say shoplifting hurts workers, ask them where they heard that. Follow that thread. You want to know where that thread eventually leads? <laughs> do I want to know? A whole lot of op-eds from people you've never heard of who all take money or want to eventually make money off the companies they're defending. Follow that thread further and you just find company management. Repeating it over and over. So what? It's all just fake? They're making up all the shoplifting? The crime wave? Yes, they are. Oh, come on. No, you come on. A freight train lost a bunch of its cargo in LA. Cameras picked up a bunch of people. Desperate, poor people. In the middle of a pandemic, running out and, and stealing what was dropped. Yup, maybe because crime is getting worse. No, no, it, it's because Union Pacific, despite having record profits, laid off a bunch of their employees, including members of their security, right before this supposed crime wave. They went from 50 or 60 folks on patrol to something like eight. Wait, we gave them money to hire them back? No, no, we gave money to the LAPD. Do they watch the railroad? They do not. Whoa, 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 wait. In response to the cargo theft spree, we gave money to the police, but not the police that's watching the trains. We just gave money to the regular old police? That's correct. But there aren't any more thefts, so... Does that mean they hired the railroad cops back? No, they just installed cameras and secured their containers better, and it went away. Because theft is not a real concern. It's all baked into their quarterly reports. Remember, they made record profits when they laid people off. Because CEOs will always find ways to not pay people. Exactly! Wage theft is relatively equal to shoplifting in raw dollars. Only that actually hurts the workers, and no one goes to jail for doing it. They don't even get fined anymore. I don't know, Sam. 
Two wrongs don't really make a right for me. As insignificant as intentionally miscoding a salad bar purchase might be. Well, Taryn, this behemoth of a grocery store also happens to be a moral deus ex machina. What do you mean? Well, we're worried about workers, but this smart cart... Why exactly does it exist? This smart cart is built expressly to put human checkout clerks out of a job. I exactly! And when they figure out how to do inventory with fewer people, they will immediately and ruthlessly fire every human they don't need. And they'll probably be sure to fire the ones with higher wages first. Oh, so if this beast is built to get rid of grocery workers... Then who exactly am I hurting by telling this allegedly smart cars that our salads are just a pile of garlic? Law of unintended consequences. It's not some cyberpunk future if it's happening today. <laughs> when you replace human workers, you replace the natural and perfect counter to human behavior. We don't steal because a human being tells us not to. And when there's no human being... Open season. But what about the company owner? I refer you to my favorite William Gibson quote. And for an instant, she stared directly into those soft blue eyes and knew with an instinctive mammalian certainty that the exceedingly rich were no longer even remotely human. I'll save my empathy for the people he fires. So they're really not going to make a better shopping cart, huh? <laughs> Until they can get a defense contract out of doing it, our carts will always have a crazy wheel. When we finish our stolen salads, can we eat the rich next? I think it's done. Do you think anybody heard? I think if they did, they'd be in the lab by now. We're safe. Open the door. Good thing that closet was unlocked. Interesting story, though, eh? I liked the larceny bit. Didn't understand most of the rest of it. It was an analysis of late-stage capitalism and the morality of the individual under such a structure. Fair enough. Let's get Thomas packed. Thomas. I'm so sorry. I didn't think they'd actually take you. I, everyone was so nice to me, but they just saw you as a, as, as a thing. <gasps> Who could that be? Uh, yes? Professor Newt, let us in. It's Lemon and Grill. Oh, girls, this is not a good time. If you have questions about class, we can talk tomorrow? This is really important, Prof. You'll want to see us. It's about Thomas. Hey, what's up? What do you know about... What do you know about Thomas? Got him right here. You have to be more careful than that. What? Get in, get in. I thought something was wrong during class. I had to find Thomas. Let me see him. Nobody would tell me. You could just do that? 
Well, she can, yeah. I'm good with computers. So I saw the order to repair Thomas and track down where he was being kept. They're trying to remove his sentience. We brought him back to you, but he's in pieces. <sighs> oh, Thomas. But you know how to put him back together, right? You built him in the first place, didn't you? Well, I... I might be able to if I had the right tools. Just tell us what you need. We'll get them to you. Wait. You just took him. Nobody saw you? So... So he's missing now, which... Which means to look for him... And they'll look here first. Oh. He can't stay here. He can stay with me. And we'll all put him together. Together! Oh, Krill, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, oh God, I, I can't stop crying. Hey, it's cool. We'll take Thomas. And you swing by my room after class tomorrow and we'll get started. You don't have to worry, Professor New. Everything will be fine. We'll leave now and let you get some rest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye now. Wow. Human hybrids are a mess when they grieve, huh? Oh, that's nothing. Listen to this story. It's called So Like a Waking. Earth date. Uh, Earth date. Why can't this be easier to look up? Why in the goddamn hell do I have to look this up in the first... Try this again. Earth date, 14261. Message begins. Hey Paula, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you and Steve are doing something nice. Maybe involving a certain bit of blue lingerie we got that one time on Titan. Ooh, naughty. No, for real. Three kids, you and Steve aren't doing anything interesting tonight. I get it. But who knows? Justin will be off to college in a little under 12 years, so that's something to look forward to. But I hope something nice does happen for you today. Something nice happened to me. I finally fixed that one vent that was rattling in my quarters. Did you know you can make glue out of milk proteins and vinegar? You can. And I did. I mean, not on the first try. There was some, uh, some iteration and issues with, uh, spillage and, uh, some explosive boiling. But eventually it worked and now I have glue. All the shit on this station and none of it is a spare vent for the air conditioning. Or glue, I guess. Seems like an oversight. How's Amanda doing today? She hasn't sent me anything herself in a while. Just the one time you were there and recorded it with her. And that was, what, last month? I get that she's not busy, you know, but preoccupied. I'd still like to hear from her if I can. I hope the switch to palliative care is helping her. I hope it's helping you too. 
I know how worn out you were trying to do everything for Amanda and be a mum all at the same time. I can't imagine. The closest thing I've ever been to a mother are to the trees in Silo 2. And if they get angry at me mothering them, they don't say anything about it. Okay, I'm gonna get going for now. Tell Amanda and Steve and the kids I love them and I'll be thinking about them. And enjoy Valentine's Day. You know, if you can. Message ends. Dr. Mari Westbrook, Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth Date. Earth Date 28-261. Message begins. Hey Paula, check it out. I wrote a program to do the stupid Earth Date calculation for me. Because, you know, the only thing more important to the directors than keeping all the plants alive is radio discipline. I think it's the first working code I've written since high school. Only took me seven weeks. So, I've been thinking about what you said last week about Amanda. I asked the directors if there was any way I could get back earlier. I told them that another year was probably too long and they were actually really nice about it. They said they would bring me back if they could, but they won't be able to get anyone here for at least nine months. From what you told me, that's probably too long too, so... I don't know. The company guy on Mars that I communicate with seems pretty nice. He said he'll keep checking to see if they can get a transport and a replacement out here sooner. The replacement is the problem. Lots of botanists on staff, apparently not any willing to take however many months alone out in the middle of nowhere. Dr. Carter said he'd add his recommendation to it, or whatever that's worth. You remember me mentioning him? The therapist? He's the only person I hear from more than you. So, yeah, I don't know when I'll be back. I mean, I'll be back in a year, but I don't know when I'll be back, you know? right away if I'll get back in time god it sounds awful like that like I'm rushing home from work to catch a television show instead of anyway the willow grove in silo 4 is really coming along pretty soon I'll have a cool sideline selling my own homemade aspirin you know to all my guests so have a good one I'll talk to you later message ends Dr. Maria Westbrook, Research Coordinator, Space Station, Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth Date. Earth Date 11-3-61. Message begins. Hey, Paula. So, yeah. I told the directors not to rush on an early replacement. They couldn't get me back in time if someone left three weeks ago anyway. Might as well wait the nine months. Eight and a half months now. Whatever. I'm so sorry I can't be there. I'm so... so sorry. I... Message ends. Dr. Maria Westbrook, Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth Date. Earth Date. 9-4-61. Message begins. Hey, sis. Sorry I haven't been getting back to you. 
Dr. Carter says I'm using all my mental bandwidth processing. God, I hate that metaphor. Like a person is a computer, and as soon as the grief program finishes up, it'll all be fine. Makes me so fucking angry. I've been getting angry a lot lately. At really stupid things, too. At myself for banging my elbow on a counter, or at a hibiscus for not growing enough. Let me tell you something. Getting really angry when you're all alone is pretty dumb. But getting angry at a plant is something else entirely. Yesterday, I shouted at a witch hazel tree. <sighs> Afterwards, I felt absolutely ridiculous, but I'm just so goddamn mad all the time. I don't even know at what anymore. Sometimes I think I'm angry at myself for not being there. Sometimes I think I'm angry at Amanda for dying on us. Then I get mad at myself for thinking that. That cycle seems to happen a lot, but I can't shake this anger at, at, at everything, it seems like. I keep trying to be sad, I really do. I'm searching for those sad feelings I'm supposed to have. I search and I search and all I can find is this, this vast, undifferentiated rage. I keep trying to feel something else, and I can't. Oh. 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 Maybe I'll feel better when I'm done processing. Oh. Message ends. Dr. Maria Westbrook. Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Readout, Earth Date. Earth Date, 11-6-61. Message begins. Hi, Paula. That's great news about Steve. You guys deserve something nice. We all deserve something nice. We deserve something better than we've been getting, at least. I'm not sure what I'd even do with good news. Well, I'm not sure what even constitutes good news at this point. Hey, your reclamation program reduced water usage by 14% the past six months. The computers informed me last week that actually happened. I didn't give a shit. I spent a month working on that program, and when it succeeded, I couldn't even bring myself to care. I tried. Water usage? How am I supposed to care about how much goddamn water a bunch of goddamn plants use? <sighs> I'm trying to grieve. I really am. Dr. Carter says that it's a process and that I need to work at it. Does he think I'm not fucking working? I'm trying, Paula. I really am. But how am I supposed to grieve when I'm surrounded by... by all this... life? And that's just plants. Being surrounded by people, trying to, like, actively work on this shit? I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know how anybody deals with it. I don't know how anybody survives feeling like this. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Message ends. 
Dr. Maria Westbrook, Research Coordinator, Space Station, Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth date. Earth date 26-6-61. Message begins. Jesus Christ, Paula, what the hell is wrong with you? Work the stages? Are you fucking kidding me? The five stages of grief bullshit? That's what you give me? Are you fucking kidding me? I have two doctorates, Paula. That shit was debunked 200 goddamn years ago. Work the stages? I don't fucking believe you. Message ends. Read out Earth date. Earth date 9861. Message begins. Hey, sis, I. I need to apologize for that last message. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You were trying to help and I... I don't know. I was in this place that I... Just, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have snapped at you. I shouldn't have said any of that stuff. I'm sorry. I hope you'll forgive me. I've been sleeping a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Dr. Carter says that's a normal part of depression. But when he first started talking about depression back... I don't know, not too long after, a few months ago, I read about it. I read everything we had in the library about depression. About complicated grief. That's what it's called. That's what it's called in the literature, at least. What shrinks call it when you can't get over someone. Complicated grief. I suppose you can see me making air quotes when I say that. Complicated grief. That being unable to get out of bed for long stretches, that's a common symptom. It's not that. It's not that at all. I can get out of bed just fine. I have plenty of energy. Jesus, look at my diet. I'm in better shape now than when we were running five-minute miles in high school. It's not that I can't get out of bed. It's that I don't get out of bed. I don't want to, because sometimes when I dream, she's there. She's there, and I forget that she's gone. Or I remember that she's gone, but because it's a dream, I tell myself I must have been wrong about that. She's there, and we so I don't get out of bed. The alarm goes and I wake up. I mean, I wake up all the time. And then I turn off the alarm and I decide I'm going back to sleep. An explicit decision, because maybe this time she'll be there again. And I, I'm sorry about last time. Really, I am. Message ends. Dr. Maria Westbrook. Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth Date. Earth Date 10, 10, 61. Message begins. Paula! Oh my God, it happened. I know you aren't going to believe me, but it happened. I talked to her. I talked to Amanda. I'm not crazy, I promise you, I'm not crazy. But I talked to her. 
Just listen to me. I'm not crazy. I was asleep last night, and I was having this dream where I was back at our high school. I was sitting in my old car, that blue thing Mom and Dad made us all drive. I was sitting in that car, in that U-shaped driveway out in front of the building, but I was pointing the wrong way. Remember how it was one way, and they were crazy about that? I was pointing the wrong way, so I knew something was up. I figured out I was dreaming pretty quick. But then I see someone walking around the car, and the door opens, and, and, and Amanda gets in. But it's different. It's not like a normal dream. For one thing, she was old. Not old, old, but as old as she was the last time I saw her before she started losing all that weight. She was a grown-up. And she was carrying that bag, that ridiculous green and yellow handbag that she's carried around everywhere since she came back from England. And she sat in the car and she was just looking at me. And something, I don't know what, something twitched in my head. And I said, this isn't a normal dream, is it? And she gave me that look where she tilts her head and looks over her glasses at you, and she said, Well, no. It was her, Paula. It was really her. It was a dream, but I wasn't dreaming she was there. She was there. And I said, Where the hell have you been? <laughs> and, and we talked. We just sat there in my old car and talked. No dream bullshit, just me and Amanda talking. She asked about my work and how long I'd been out here. We talked a lot about how I'd been feeling. We talked a lot about that. I told her, I told her flat out, I've been out here trying to deal with this by myself for seven months. And if all she had to do was pop in to say hello, why hadn't she done that yet? That was not cool. Leaving me out here on my own, leaving all of us, but me, stuck out here alone, just the plants. I gave her a piece of my mind. I mean, I was nice about it, but, but it, it was right then I heard my alarm. God, I never hated that alarm so much. Not ever. I went back to sleep for a few hours, but I never went back there. But I talked to Amanda. Isn't that amazing? I can't wait for it to happen again. I should talk to you, and you just didn't tell me for some reason? Anyway, today feels better than I have in... Well, in seven months easy. Message ends. Dr. Maria Westbrook, Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Read out Earth date. Earth date, 15-1-62. Message begins. Hey, Paula. It's been... Oh, I guess it's been three months since that night I talked to Amanda, and she hasn't come back. I don't understand why. I dream about her often enough, but it's always stupid dream stuff, like we're shopping in a store that only sells swimming flippers and I don't have any money, so I... Have to do a dance at that register to buy shit. 
That one happened a few nights ago. But when I dream about her now, it's never her. It's just stuff like that. It's still... It's still kinda good, you know? Like, in my dream, I think... Wait, Amanda's dead, isn't she? But she's standing right there, so I guess she's not. And that's the worst part. Not thinking that. It's waking up after I think that. It's like losing her all over again. And why won't she come back? I know you say it was just a dream and Dr. Carter says the same thing. But it wasn't. I can tell. So, I'm sleeping a lot now, trying to spend as much time as I can in that sleep state where she can come and talk to me. After it happened, I should have documented what I had done the day before. My schedule, what I ate, stuff like that. I'd probably have an easier time duplicating the conditions that way. Right now, the only thing I can do is sleep a lot. I sleep about 12 hours a day now. That's the most I can, and still leave myself enough time to get all my work done. <laughs> it wouldn't do any good for me to fuck up my job so bad they had to come pull me out, would it? I mean, who knows if I could talk to Amanda anywhere else? What if it's, I don't know, cosmic background radiation or something? I don't have access to the astrophysics stuff, so I can't research that. Just my plants. And I have some ideas about those. Okay, I'll talk to you next time. Message ends. Hey Paula, I know it's been a couple of weeks. Months, maybe a few months. Figure it's March there, or something? Whatever. Still no word from Amanda. I hear everything you and Dr. Carter are saying. You're just wrong. Sorry, you are. Amanda is there, out there somewhere, somehow. And she talked to me once, so she can do it again. Why doesn't she? Why hasn't she come back? P? Did I do something? Did I say something? What could I have said? I haven't even talked to the guy on Mars in ages. Just you and Dr. Carter. And I never... Oh... My research is going well, though. It's tough with how much I'm either sleeping or working, but I find time. My theory is that the dream where I talked to Amanda was actually during NREM sleep, so I'm working on trying to synthesize some compounds that would extend that. The poppies have been the easiest. We have tons of those, and it's just me and the Merc process. It's pretty simple, since I don't exactly need to make large quantities. The Athrena trees are supposed to produce effects similar to benzos, which I could probably combine with the poppies to make something really useful. But all I have in the library is reference to Brazilian folk medicine. Nothing about an actual process or anything. So I'm iterating there, trying to replicate Brazilian folk medicine from scratch on a space station. There's an irony there. And if that doesn't work... Okay, it's about time for me to sleep. 
I'll let you know how the next batch of experiments goes. Later, sis. Hey, Paula. So, been, I don't know, a while? My research. I mean, it's not like I'm coming up with anything. But what I'm coming up with isn't getting me to that place where I can talk to her again. I tried the poppies. I tried the erythrina. I tried everything I've got here. I even tried processing the wormwood, though it turns out that doesn't actually make you trip. Just wily fucks with your guts. But I had an idea a few weeks ago. I started working backwards. I started with symptoms, or results, and worked backwards for there. And I found it. I found the right effects that would combine with the poppies and the athrenas to create the biochemical state I want, that I need. And you know what? I think it was fate. I really do. Why else would Silo 6 be full of belladonna? So, I've spent the last couple of weeks working out a workable way to extract and process it and make something that won't, you know, kill me. And it won't. The combination of everything, the poppies and the erythrinas and the belladonna. I've got a good formulation. It's safe. I mean, I mean, it's as safe as I can make it. I did tons of research. I can't find lethality data on humans in the library, just mice and rats. But I'm not a rodent, so I'm fine. I'm sure what's in here is nowhere near. I'm sure it's fine. I'm fine. It's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. This is... This is the one. I'm sure of it. This is the one that'll do it. All these months, this is what I've been working for. This one here. I'll take it. And I'll sleep. And I'll be able to talk to Amanda again. I'm sure of it. Just you wait. I'll be sure to tell her about you. I'll be fine, Paula. Just you wait. This is the one. I'll be fine tomorrow. Love you. Message ends. Dr. Maria Westbrook. Research Coordinator, Space Station Hermione, signing off. Unread message waiting. Unread message waiting. Unread messages waiting. Unread messages waiting. Unread messages waiting. That's messed up. Do you think Mew would get that bad? I don't know, but I wouldn't want to risk it. We really need to fix Thomas. Yeah. Featuring the voice talents of Bridget Gusowitz as New, Dan Foster as Thomas, Faye Holiday as Grill, Sarah Palmero as Lemon. In Check Out Morality, Nathan Woltering as Sam, Kat Peterson as Terran. The story was written by Logan Chance Rapp. 
In So Like a Waking, Margaret Ashley as Maria, and Chris Bauzo as Electronic Voice. The story was written by Cole Kozlov. Directed by Adam Blanford. Shorts edited by Tilly Bridges. Rapper written by V.C. Morrison. Seminar theme by V.C. Morrison. All other music by Josh Molin at thetunepeddler.com. Produced by Pendant Productions. Seminar, co-created by Catherine Pride and Tilly Bridges. This production is copyright 2023, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.